Hey, this is Jason with Conveyor, and you're listening to episode two of Conveyor on Learning and Development. In this episode, I talk with Stephen Ryan about the why of training, as in, why are we being trained? Stephen says a missing piece in many training experiences is purpose. So check out this conversation that we recently had. Well, hey, Stephen, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Hey, uh, so I'm just going to jump right into the conversation. And um, I've heard you say that regarding training, there's too much focus oftentimes on the information and too little focus on the psychology of the course. So unpack that for me in as much detail as you want or as little detail as you want. So I started actually in sales. Like the original, my first job was actually selling, you know, Cutco, Cutco knives. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. have done that in college. Uh, and then um, fast forward many, many, many years, uh, we, I started Conveyor and it was working with uh, speakers, thought leaders, and trainers that were doing a lot of marketing and marketing automation to sell their information online. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about uh, how to do online marketing, funnel building, um, you know, writing good pitches and calls to actions and all of this stuff. And I'm really glad I learned all of that because what I've kind of seen in the world of like corporate learning is that um, sometimes the idea of like you're selling your, your people on something seems like a no, no, um, Mm -hmm. or it's not considered anything in comparison to sales, but it really is. They're tr- we're trying to sell a, be- a behavior, and that behavior is to get us to, um, you know, fill out a lead form or um, check out a sample, right, or yeah. purchase. And those mm-hmm. are just behaviors. We're we're trying to convince somebody why it's important to them uh, to mm-hmm. move forward and take the action, take the next step. Um, and so, what are what are companies trying to do? They're actually in sale or in training. Excuse me, at a company. You're trying to drive new behaviors, okay? Just yeah. like sales. So the behavior you're trying to get is um, a new understanding, okay? A new skill that they're going to use in the role, um, um, picking up a new approach to to how you do your sales or how you you talk with your other employees or how you reach talk to customers. Any yeah. of that, all of its behavior modification and and um, and skill generate, you know, skill creation. Mm-hmm. If you think about any time you've actually finish like learned a new skill okay mm-hmm. um or or wanted to learn something um it started with a really strong why uh it, yeah. it, it, it you had a motivation for doing it um yeah. e- either it was a really strong curiosity to learn mm-hmm. um either it was it was that like you just intrinsically i've always wanted to have you had a curiosity about about something mm-hmm. um somebody else like you, you somebody else around you is learning and you feel um you feel frustrated that you don't know uh the information right or you just feel like oh man they keep saying that word and i have no idea what that word means in the middle of yeah. i think of like a friends episode where joey um doesn't know what these big words are and so he reads like the the v the v v in dictionary and he starts using yeah. all these v words uh, so supposedly so yeah exactly so there's so this is that there's curiosity there's peer pressure we want that uh what is called social capital so we want to be able to say we want to go and be able to go on social media or go to our boss or go to our peers and say oh you haven't read the book yet oh my gosh like you gotta go read the book 
Um, and, and so that's another motivation. Maybe the motivation is driven by pain, not just pleasure, but a personal pain. Um, I'm tired of not knowing the answer. Every time we get to this point with the customer, I'm, I'm grasping for work. It's just painful and I need to solve this. Um, and sometimes it's just, uh, boredom. Like we we're just bored and we, we want, we want to learn something that, that, that's kind of interesting to us. Mm-hmm. So there's all these reasons, but the, 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 what companies, and I've been trying to, we, we talked about this in the first episode, what companies um, are doing is they're kind of pre, uh, making this presumption that they have the attention of their people. Like we talked about that. Um, yeah. And that, uh, that people want the the only why we need is that you work for us, right? And yeah. you need to do this because it's your job. Yeah. Right. For the money. Um. Yeah. And you know, to to make money to work here, you got to do this. Um, yeah. Or or the the worst is like, well, the why is the it's the it's the trainer's why, it's the company's why, not the learner's why. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's go back to sales. I need, let's use Cutco for an example, right? Mm-hmm. Jason, I need you to buy these knives so that I can hit my quota or I need to hit my bonus for the week, for the month. Yeah. I need to show my trainer that I can book this many appointments. So please get an appointment. With me. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I want. Okay. It's yeah. basic. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of this, but it's very, it's very focused on like how to win friends and influence people. We want somebody to do something for us, which is to engage in our content and learn the training and have the new behavior. But we are, we are skipping past what it takes to set the hook with people. Yeah. Okay. And so let's get an example of, of corporate, like, um, okay, we have this, this issue where customers are coming in and they're confused about, um, the fees that they have on their account, right? When they mm-hmm. can charge fees and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And this creates, um, you know, this many hours of extra customer support causing our bottom line to go down. That's a yeah. why, that's a pain why for company trainer or division or something like that. Yeah. Now, that's a valuable why. I mean, I think a lot of employees can buy in to that why. I mean, a lot of employees do care about stuff like that. Like, I do care about how the company does and how we're yeah. operating because I'm, I'm a team player. But that's one-sided. That's like a myopic view of, of a why. The other why is let's like actually think about this person that we're training that's sitting in front of a customer mm-hmm. and the feeling they get when the customer's frustrated, they're you know saying, but why? I don't understand this. And you can't articulate why it is. You just have to say, I don't know. That's just company policy. Yeah. And, and so um, what we're trying to get at is that actual feeling, that actual emotion that, that the learner um, is feeling. Right. So when you actually take the time in your course to say, Hey, look, we're trying to solve this problem, obviously for our companies, you know, for our company to solve this efficiency problem. That's our why. Mm -hmm. But have you ever had this happen to you? And you identify, you label it, right? You say, have you ever had this happen to you when a customer comes in and you, you have the stress and this pain, it doesn't feel good. Does it? That Mm -hmm. is why we're doing this training so that you can have a better day. Yeah. Right. Um, and you're like, well, of course, but no, it, 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 it with, with people are busy, you know, you're taking the, t- you're asking them to take this time to, to learn this. You pushed it out to them. 
um, it, it's you could be very it's very surprising um, how often people just assume that people can remember that pain, you know, and I re-identify re it. So when you can highlight it, it, you start to create that hook. Now, you might be sending your course out to many different types of people, different stakeholders that have different buy-in requirements. Yeah. Okay, so uh, something that you can do when you're setting up a training, uh, training experience is go, who are all the personas that are gonna be um, you know, that are going to be going through this. Again, this all comes from marketing automation. That's why we commonly call ourselves a training automation platform. Is mm -hmm. in marketing automation, you commonly ask, um, what do you care about? So they're either, there's two things where all marketers do to segment people. They segment based off of their persona, like what's your title? Or they'll mm -hmm. segment based off of um, their job to be done. Like what are you, what's painful for you or what are you looking to you know, solve in this quarter? And then they use that information to tailor the message to those people. Yeah. Okay. So in, uh, in training courses, it's commonly not done. You just don't see anybody trying to tailor the messaging to the, the, the group that they're, um, you know, sending the training to. Yeah. Imagine being able to have it where the initial training experience, let's say like unit one or something like that was a yeah. little different depending on the type of learner. So if they're, if they're C, in the C-suite, you know, the, C, the, the, the chairman or whatever, like he's getting that, that version that's like, hey, we're doing this so that we can reduce costs, right? Yeah. Um, but if they're the yeah. teller, they're getting a completely different message. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's aligning with that. Again, it's, it's thinking more like a marketer and more like a salesperson. Our job is, is really to say, um, Regardless of what I'm teaching, how would I build up a lot of kinetic energy, like a lot of uh, potential energy, right? Mm -hmm. To hold them, their attention all the way through the course. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's considering that sometimes you're talking to people who need to, they need to hear the return on the investment. And sometimes people need to hear the bottom line. Yeah. Some, some people are, are looking on, well, what's the outcome that we're, we're looking for as a company as a whole? Some people are, are thinking, well, honestly, I'm not really bought in on that. I just want to know how it's going to actually help me. I mean, I just kind of talk a little bit more about our business is, you know, there's two big groups that, you know, we talk to on a daily basis. There's, uh -huh. there's training and sales managers that are really just looking to make their life easier. Yeah. You know, make it easier to do training and, and development more quickly, more rapidly with less fuss. And they just want their life to be easier. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then there are other people like, well, yeah, of course I want that. That's just, that's a given. That's table stakes. I'm looking for this thing that's going to change our organization and create a culture of learning. And it's just, just a much different, you know, level of, um, that they want to bite off. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And, if, and it makes one person glaze over if you start talking about these very like, optimistic future thinking things like no my pain's now yeah right? yeah yeah it sounds like you're what you're saying is you're talking about uh essentially the necessity of knowing people and yes. reading people at the end of the day right so yeah uh it it does have the feel of the need to kind of come off of the um the, this is how we've always done it this is what we do this is our way you know um 
And so, you know, I think like there's a generation of kids that have been raised kind of with that, that dad that's overbearing. This is the way you're going to do it. Yeah. And yeah. they're, and, and they need somebody to sit down and say, well, this is exactly why we do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That, I, I hear you saying that. Um, but at the same time, it sounds it's you don't a dad doesn't want to just be buddy buddy so how how do you how do you find that line so you're you want people to focus on the psychology of the course so how how then what can trainers do what can leaders do managers do to kind of um balance that i don't know if that's a good question i don't know if we even want to go in that direction but how like what could they do do you think um to balance between those two of both because you don't want to lose the DNA of the company right? or the tradition of the company. Some traditions you want to cling to, mm-hmm. but you also want to meet people where they're at. So yeah. how, how have you seen that play out? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question because really what you're saying is like, I want to reinforce these cultures. Like I want to reinforce these core values that we have yeah. and they're not going to change. I mean, these are our core values. This is how we've done it. This, we know this works. We're not asking mm-hmm. for your input. Yeah. Um, what what we're trying so if you have a core value or you have a way of doing things that has worked um i'm not saying i what i'm not saying is change the content okay okay i'm not saying i want to know from you if you think the way we're um following up with customers is the correct way it'd be good to have open you know get get open response and listen to feedback. Okay. Cause that creates a culture of, of feedback and open discussion. But, um, it's what I'm talking about is having that heavy handedness, not heavy handedness without ever actually, um, ex- with presuming that they would not understand the why. Yeah. Okay. So if we yeah. say, you know what? Uh, okay. There's a big difference between, you're going to follow up with your customers this way. You need to make sure you follow up with a, um, with a uh, lead within, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes. That's our company policy. Do it or you're fired or, you know, that's a very, very heavy handed, right? Yeah. yeah, Do it or there will be consequences. Yeah. Versus, you know what? Um, Obviously you carry quota. You're a sales rep. um, Mm -hmm. And I'm using a lot of sales examples because it's easy for me, but you know, you, you carry quota. Uh, you want your job to be easier, right? Um, mm-hmm. We want you to earn, you know, earn well. Uh, and so guess what? Research shows that if you follow up with a lead within 60 minutes of it coming in, you're way more likely to get a, you know, get, uh, get on a call with them and way more likely to, you know, get a deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it is one of the best ways for you to, uh, to be more efficient. That's why we have it. Yeah. So you see how I just flipped it around where it's all about them. It's Mm -hmm. all about how it's going to help their, you know, their business, their career, not like how it's our policy and we've been doing it this way for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's basically presuming that they wouldn't understand the the objection. So think about all the objections of like why somebody wouldn't finish this course or they don't Mm -hmm. have enough time, why they might be scared to get any questions wrong if it's difficult. You know, mm-hmm. like all of those things, you can write down the, the arguments that would cause somebody to be fearful. And then you say, look, here are some examples of the things I know that are going to, you're going to, that are going to pop up as you're going through this, this course, they're going to yeah. stop you from do, finishing it. Right. Your boss is going to say, you need to do this other thing. And he's going to forget about that. 
right? Or, yeah. you know, whatever. And so you're basically handling all the objections before they get to the meat of the content. And handling objections up front is a common blank tactic, mm-hmm. sales tactic, right? Oh, you I was handle, supposed to. Yeah, yeah, you handle sales. You do up front, um, you, you do this up front work of handling, you know, uh, uh, objections before they come up. Okay? Definitely. So Stephen, we've talked about, and I think it's kind of a no brainer that, you know, people can, they just say yes. They like to say yes to things. Hey, did, uh, would you like to learn more about this? And they go, Oh yeah, great. Click change the channel. Right. <laughs> so, um, there's a difficulty in getting people to actually say yes and mean yes. And, and then there's a difficulty. The further one is to get them to say yes. And that they'll actually commit to doing it and doing it in a certain amount of time. So how do you navigate that? How do you help somebody not just say yes, but then say yes, and they're going to complete it uh, within the time set that, uh, that you have with them? Right. Okay. So the, the first thing, let, let's just take some of the things I've said before and, and talk about and then add, it, add the time aspect to it, right? Okay. So um, you you've got, let's say you've gone through, you had a little video or some text where you've talked about the value the benefits that they're going to have as the type of stakeholder they have, they are, mm-hmm. excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then you could, you, you, your objection could be like, okay, great. You, maybe you're bought in by now and you, you can see that this, this content's going to be uh, fantastic for you. Like it's going to really help you in, in your role. Um, but you're saying, well, I've got a lot of other things to, and this is so simple, right? But it's like, I've got a, you, maybe you're just saying, well, I, this is great, but I'll put it on the to-do list. Yeah. Um, and so this is where, um, this is where you can start talking about the actual content, like the syllabus, right? Of, and then what the, the capabilities that they're going to start getting as a result of being exposed to this con- content early on. Okay? okay. Paint them a picture. Mm-hmm. So you could say something like, well, it's not like you're just only going to get value at the end of completing this. If you, if you focus, there's going to be this many people going through this together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Build up the, the hype it up a little bit, right? There's going to be other, like all the other people are going to finish by X date. And as they're going through it, this is social proof, right? You're using Mm -hmm. social proof. Mm -hmm. Um, As they're going through it within the first week, they're going to get way better at this, right? In the first week, you're going to be able to do, better than you ever have been able to do before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I bring this up. Like I just, uh, I hired a great uh, company to help me, um, uh, hire a personal assistant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they had fantastic content that, that, that would roll out as I'm working to hire a, a, an assistant and they kept showing like examples of this is what you're going to be able to do. This is where you're going to be able to free up time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, it's it, a lot of times I think that learners go, that sounds scary to get involved in that. I'll go in there and start working on it, but it's one of these all or nothing things like, well, I'm either on this side of the fence or I'm on that side of the fence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you say, look, this is 30 days worth of content, it's either you start now and you start getting those capabilities now and you start getting lots of value and it's only this much time per day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine where you're going to be in 30 days from now. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. um, rather than waiting and all your other buddies have already done it and you're here and you haven't yeah. done it yet. Yeah. So, so it's like sometimes those discussions of you not doing something or um, not being compliant is scary to even bring up for companies, I think, because the even very mention of not being compliant, like as if you have a choice and nobody, you're not going to get in trouble for waiting two weeks before you start work, you know, <laughs> working on this. The very yeah. mention of that is like suggestive that they're not going to do it. Does that make sense? It does. Um, so, so it's just, it's bringing that up and then trying to show them um, where they can fit this into their calendar and start getting value right away from mm -hmm. it. The best, um, best marketers, you know, best infopreneurs have already been doing this. And so I'm, if you can see, I'm just trying to bring that world into an area that's really been more focused on this idea of a captive audience learning. So do you remember when we were talking about Karate Kid? Yeah. Like waxing the car? Right. Uh -huh. Wax and, on, wax off. Um, we were talking a little bit about that. Like, well, why did he keep doing it? Uh, uh -huh. So he had no explanation as to why he was supposed to wax wax that car by Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Um, and we were going, well, what 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 motivated him to keep going? Because um, really, there was no ex explanation. There was mm -hmm. no preface as to why he was waxing the car. Mm -hmm. So what kept him going? doing that like we're, we've been talking for a while about the why and why it matters so much so if there was no if that was the course of learning how to block right uh, yeah why did mr miyagi have no preface to that yeah um great question why didn't he what's interesting is like daniel daniel's there to learn karate so he does he's got this lingering why behind behind the scenes and you, you but yet you see him frustrated until Miyagi shows him so he's he's gonna bail because he's going all this why of being here is is uh it's really stupid this guy's not teaching me anything he's just getting a, a free car wash right and it's not until Miyagi actually pulls him aside and starts swinging at him right wax on the swing you know and uh, paint the fence and and then he goes holy crap I've actually learned and built muscle memory and, and yet he wouldn't have seen it. Right. He would have been just this dumb punk kid. Who's like, he, he just, he just wouldn't have done it. Come on kids, kids these days. Right. Even yeah. in those days. Right. So, so, but he did, he had, he had the why, right. Didn't we were talking about that. He had a why that uh, he didn't want to get, the, get his teeth kicked in. Right. Yeah. Right. He had a really strong why I was just going to add that he, the reason why um, he had that, reason why Mr. Miyagi had, I don't know why we're using this, this example, but it's a good example. Like Miyagi had a, a ton of leeway with, with uh, Daniel at that point because he had such a strong hook. Like Daniel had a really strong hook. He was, you know, mm -hmm. getting, getting messed with, with other kids. And I think at that point he had seen Mr. Miyagi do his thing a little bit. Yeah. Right. So he's like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. I don't know how this is really weird. He's making me do this work, but mm -hmm. he's got the hook set. He's curious. He's yeah. curious how this has anything to do with what he's doing, you know, his work. He's, he has deep motivation to remove a pain of getting, getting messed with. Mm -hmm. And he's got the, uh, the, the um, with aspirations to be like Mr. Miyagi. Mm -hmm. right? So um, sometimes the best why is just 
just to add to this, like another why is showing your trainees what the outcome looks like. Yeah. You know, when you, when you get somebody that's really good at talking to customers and you, and you watch a video of them, how, how they've been working with customers for years and they're super confident and easy, you know, that's, that's motivating, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really aspirational why, you know, yeah. instead of just, you know, Hey, get rid of this suck of being uncomfortable talking like with customers about this to that. I want to be that. Like I want to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a great example of <laughs> with the karate kid. I like that a lot. It is. Um, I, I think about uh, being in, you know, working for companies and you have conferences to go to. And I can, I specifically remember a handful of times I went to conferences where, um, you know, you, you just kind of go because like all the guys are going right. And, and might've happened a couple times where at conferences, it's like, Hey guys, let's go see uh, captain America. I, I went and saw captain America, right. At, at a conference when I, I should have been in a, in a class, but I went, went and watched it because at the end of the day, nobody was testing me on the material. Nobody was asking me if I was utilizing the information. It was just kind of given to you like, I'm the expert, take this material and you're going you're gonna to commit the material to memory because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that wasn't really a motivator for me or for the guys that I was working with my team. We just were like, this is boring, let's bounce. So Yeah. Um, and so I guess you're saying good trainers are actually going to implement the the usage of the information that they're, you're learning from them. Yeah. But you're also going to test them on the material. Because if I had known that there were a test, I, w- I, I mean, I would have bore through it if somebody just was going to quiz me on the material. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a, just go on this. There's a big difference between being motivated to finish a course mm-hmm. Okay, motivation to finish a course because um, you know the stick you know is whipping me to to finish it yeah. um, and get get that off my plate. Um, check the box, right? Be compliant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, help the trainer out. Okay, and then there's a big big difference to be motivated to even apply any of the material. Yeah, and you can see that there can be a perverse motivation driven by the motivations of the train trainer. Yeah. Okay. Because if their their only win, right, is to show people are taking this, people mm-hmm. are completing it, mm-hmm. all right, and they're not incentivized to do anything else other than that. Yeah. That's what you will get. Yeah. Okay. Um, if if mm-hmm. in your content you can say, hey, you know, you're going to go through this, and we're going to stick with you. We're going to help you. This is going back to like how it's about them. You know, not yeah. only are we going to have you go through this initial content, but we're going to help reinforce, you know, these, um, this concept later on. So yeah. later on, you know, in a few weeks from now, we're going to do a follow-up, which you can do pretty easily with convey your hint, hint, like, uh, you know, do follow-up text messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to ask you to, um, pop in and tell us about your progress, how you're mm-hmm. implementing the content and that sets up that expectation. It's an assumptive close, another sales tactic. You're making mm-hmm. the assumption that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you talk to your people, um, not who they were or who they are now, but who they should be or who they are becoming. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it, it makes them, it makes them rise to the occasion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 
another great way uh, to help make it so it's not this perverse motivation just to finish is, is it's one thing to internalize a why, like mm -hmm. identify whys for people and have them write them down, or you know, excuse me, have them think about them. It's mm -hmm. another thing, and this comes back to this book with, uh, by Ray, uh, or Robert, sorry, Robert Cialdini, uh, I hope I'm saying the name right, uh, who wrote uh, Influence. Yeah. It's a great book on psychology, but um, people wanna be congruent with their words, okay? So if you can ask them, okay, what, how is this gonna help you? I've, I've talked about it and I've said, why, why don't you, in, in your own words, write out how this is going to help you in the next month? What are, mm -hmm. you, what are you gonna be able to do in the month? How does this change your goals, right? Mm -hmm. And as people write that down, just physically writing, we've all heard lots of research on this about writing goals down and things like this, just yep. writing it down, even if, if you could resurface it, to them, resurface it to them later, how's that going? Um, it just has a huge impact like on, mm -hmm. their, on, their, on their push through it uh, because they've made that, that, that internal commitment to themselves by writing it down. Yeah, awesome. Hey, thanks again for listening in on this discussion. For more information about Conveyor, check out conveyor.com or podcast.conveyor.com. You can also search for us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out our next episode where we release an interview between Stephen Ryan and innovation instigator Stephen Shapiro. Stephen Shapiro is known for being a thought generator and has worked with NASA, Nike, Johnson & Johnson, as well as many other well-known companies. So again, be sure to check out this next episode to hear him talk about innovation. Until next time, keep up the good work.